Welcome to another episode of Ways of Life. I'm your host, Krista Wells. Today, I'm going to share with you a conversation I had with my dear friend, Cherie Danielle. Uh, Cherie and I met years ago through our friend Nicole Witt, and together the three of us wrote several songs for projects that Cherie was working on. Um, she is an award winning creative artist with a growing reputation beyond music as an expert and visionary thought leader in the creative marketing industry. She is the founder and CEO of 4000 More Creative, a multicultural creative design agency in Long Beach. Cherie is passionate about doing work in communities of color that inspires others to be their best. And 4000 More Creative operates with a social impact purpose of identifying and developing diverse creative leaders, providing them with emotional intelligence training needed for success in the global creative economy. Cherie, I am so glad that we are finally doing this. I've been wanting to talk with you on the podcast for a long time, but mm. it does seem like things have lined up. Like you're in a great space for this conversation right now, mm. given your journey the last year. Um, I wanted to start out with you. For some reason, this question just came to the top of my mind earlier when I was thinking about you. Can you speak to your sense of purpose in the world? What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing is, is that, um, you know, I grew up in the church and I was first introduced to God, the creator who gives you a purpose as a God who um, saw me as this evil sinning thing that needed redemption. (laughs) And honestly, when you are introduced to God in that way, immediately what's introduced into your life is shame. And recently, I have been um, reading a book by Rachel Held Evans called, um, I think, Wholehearted Faith. And she takes us back to Genesis and says, actually, when we were created, we were created in the image of the divine Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And by the way, I think the Holy Spirit's a woman, because I think there has to be female male in the trinity (laughs) um and they they created humankind in their image and said it was good said we were divine and we were innocent so our origin our original making our original design was divine innocent and also we were blessed you know and so my purpose in this life right now, and the way I just boil it down to just a very simple thing is I'm, I'm blessed, I'm divine, and I'm always returning back to my innocence. And so I think walking in life with that posture actually opens you up to so many things that you can then do out of mm-hmm. that space. So um, my purpose is that first and foremost. Yes, I love that. And so my follow-up question, mm-hmm. which you just set up perfectly, is how is that expressed in your life right now? What are I know you do a lot of different kinds of work in the world and have done a lot of created many things. Mm-hmm. What does that look like right now? <clears throat> well, if you come from a place of innocence and divine and um and you recognize that um you're blessed when you see things in the world that 
aren't those things, it should bother your spirit, right? Like, because these things aren't just for me. Like, I believe that God, the Godhead is calling all of creation and all people back to this space. So for me, art is what I use to paint that picture of what our world could look like if everybody saw themselves themselves as innocent, saw themselves as divine and saw themselves as blessed. So when I see injustice, it's outside of that space, right? When I see um, people hurting, it's outside of that space. When I see violence, it's they're acting outside of that space. So for me, it's all about creating a more beautiful world and calling people to a more beautiful world. Um, and so the art that I make, whether it be video, whether it be photos, whether it be spoken word, whether it be um, whatever it is, that is what I'm trying to help people visualize so that they can shift back to their original purpose. Um, obviously, I also have a very big heart for um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. But again, that heart comes again from there was a time, right, where things were in harmony. So it's really calling people back to, again, our original state. Um, I think a lot of what we're facing in our world today is we are just out of sync. We are out of harmony with each other. We are out of harmony with the earth. Um, and you're just seeing all kinds. Actually, and we're out of harmony with ourselves. A lot of people don't even know who they are. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're yeah. out of harmony with their own self. So out of all that, we're seeing literally just chaos and um, egos just running wild. And there's no sense of the flow and the, um, like, again, going back to the Trinity, the, um, the submitting to one another, like you have this gift and then I have this gift and you have this gift and I submit to you and you submit to me and we submit to each other. Like that, that level of like, just being in tune with, um, each other and, and knowing who you are and not being threatened by other people. I think all this stuff is just, it's just blasted, um, a bunch of chaos into our world that we've seen over, especially over the last two to three years. Mm -hmm. Wow. I just had this image in my mind as you were talking about mutual submission, deferring mm -hmm. to one another in turn of, dancing together you know ballroom dancing and and except the partners take turns leading right and so instead of asserting i am the one who leads mm -hmm. or i am the one who follows instead we say no mm -hmm. i'm going to lead and then i'm going to follow and then i'm going to lead then i'm going to follow mm -hmm. i love that and i also really appreciate that you drew that connection between the chaos that we are witnessing outside in the world, mm -hmm. ultimately coming back to originating in the way we see ourselves. You said, um, you know, part of your work, a major part of your work is helping people return to this vision, this truer vision of themselves, mm -hmm. not just so we can feel good about ourselves, although that's great, that's, we should feel great about ourselves, but because out of that comes everything else. We don't, we're not violent against other people while we feel great inside, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, there, there's no separating those. And so I really appreciate that uh, acknowledgement of the importance of connection mm -hmm. internally. What has, um, what has hardship 
taught <laughs> you. You've certainly had your share of it in your life. What have you, what has it given you? Mm. What has hardship given me? You know, um, there's this narrative, uh, and it actually goes for women as well. So there's this narrative of being a strong woman, right? Mm. And then there's a narrative of being a strong Black woman. Mm. <laughs> and me and my friends are deciding to give <clears throat> this idea of strong. Mm because it actually pushes us into a space where we think we can handle more than we actually can. And other people have permission to put more on us than mm. we can actually handle. The reason why people want to do that to us and sometimes why we allow it to happen is because there's a different word I'd like to put in the place of strong. Hardship has caused me personally to be able to transcend. Mm. It is given me the ability to rise above circumstances, rise above the noise and literally go beyond the limits that are set for me because I've had to make it through. Right. But I wouldn't say that I'm now able to just take on a whole bunch of shit. Like mm -hmm. I have just learned how to, again, transcend above and go beyond. And it's quite magical actually. And that's why people are drawn to it. Right but it was born out of suffering. It was born out of having to survive through very hard times. But it's in that space that um, you get to see life, yourself, others in the world from a lens that very few people ever look mm. at themselves, at each other and at the world as. Um, higher view always gives you better perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would say that's what I've gained. When you say transcend, can you unpack that word a little bit more for, mm -hmm. I, I hear it and interpret it in a certain way. I'd love to hear you mm -hmm. share more about what that looks like or means for you. No problem. Let me uh, actually give you the official <laughs> definition of transcendent. So transcendent means um, to go beyond or above the range of normal or merely physical human experience. Um, it's surpassing the ordinary or exceptional. Um, again, pain <laughs> calls you to have to um, survive or uh, fight through what's ordinary. Like pain, like at the level that I've experienced it, isn't ordinary. Like mm. the things that I've seen are not ordinary. Um, and so I've had to learn again how to pass through it. And that kind of goes back to, you know, what I've been learning in therapy is that a lot of times with our emotions, we don't want to let them pass through our body, mm. right? We don't let, I shouldn't say we don't want to, I don't, I don't know if we know how to. Um, oftentimes we, we feel a negative emotion and we immediately want to suppress it mm. or like get rid of it immediately or deny it. When you, uh, learn to transcend, you learn to be with that feeling of pain. Let it be in your body, see where it's sitting, observe the emotions around it without judging it, saying this is what it is, giving yourself the time and space to say, okay, how am I going to 
get through this and you come up with a strategy, you come up with a plan and then you say, okay, let's go. And you let that thing just come. You work through it. You let it move through you and move out of you. And then you move past it. And it's like you, it's actually how you overcome um, trauma, essentially. Like you have to let it be and then you've got to accept it and then you've got to let it sit and then you've got to move with it and then let it move out of you and then you move past it. And so when you do that, again, that's like such a transcendent thing because that like most of the time, trauma is like something that is a weight on your body that will literally keep you down. Like it will lock you into whatever toxic situation you're in and it will keep you in that space. So if you can free yourself of that, you're going to rise automatically. So what I find especially valuable out of that description is connects to something I saw you post on Instagram this week. You were in conversation with another woman and you were described as saying, sometimes we make it basically, you were saying, sometimes we make it look too easy what we do. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and if you're working, I think you got, you were referencing working on a team Mm -hmm. with met with males and sometimes they don't realize how much went into what you created because it was done in secret. You just didn't talk about it. You just did it quietly. And then boom, that it, it appears. Well, I think a lot of times when we are someone who's perceived as resilient because someone, people hear about the crisis and mm-hmm. then they see you rise up. Mm-hmm. And it can be easy for people to say, well, she's just special. You know, she has this thing, it's easier for her. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate that you kind of spelled that out, that it was like what you've been through and without going into your details, it's you've experienced hardship in childhood and adulthood. Mm-hmm. That was not common mm-hmm. traumas. And you have had to sit with it. It's been a practice and a commitment mm-hmm. to, in order to experience the magic, the magical rising. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you don't just snap your fingers and you weren't just born with like no, you know, you you were not born impervious to pain, mm-hmm. but you've chosen this other way, mm-hmm. which requires a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you're an inspiration mm-hmm. in, in that and so many other things. Can you share um, with us what, I mean, we've kind of touched on this, but what or whom have been some of your greatest teachers Sometimes our teachers are life events, you know, and ourselves, and sometimes they're books or people we've met along the way. <laughs> you and I, like, that's hard for you and I to answer. Cause I, feel like I know there's so many. <laughs> every day we're like, and did you read this? And did you, did you <laughs> and then I'm like, yes. oh my gosh. So every day is every day we get new teachers and we're encountering teachers. So maybe just like who rises to the top of your head in this moment? In this moment, mm-hmm. you know, or what? I, I tend to be drawn to people who are consistent because I feel like my life has been so volatile. So I think of my godmother who mm-hmm. basically was um, my second mom, helped raise me um, since I was four years old. And she's just been such a consistent presence in my life. Um, um, she's the one who taught me um, how to return to my original essence and to the creator. She has 
lived a life that reflects that harmony that I, that I spoke about earlier with herself and with others um, and with the world and, and, and with God, like she literally embodies that harmony that I'm talking about. And anytime I feel out of balance, she's who I call or she's who I think of. And I go back to my childhood memories and I, and I replay how she handled certain situations and the grace and the class and the wisdom that she holds. And so I just, I just love her consistency. I love how she embodies all these things that I'm talking about differently. Right. But she's super special. She's actually um, a caregiver for um, her grandchildren. They're both disabled. And mm-hmm. she's just like, she just pours herself out, just pours. Um, yeah. So I just, even like my, um, her, her granddaughter was born blind, but now is a incredible pianist mm-hmm. and singer because godmother basically saw what, what it was and said, but what can it be? Hmm. And then raised her name is Janine, who who's um her her god her granddaughter, and raised her again, right, to transcend a situation that wasn't common to be born, you know, with a detached retina, and decide like, okay, what's let's dig a little bit deeper. What's actually here? Like, what did God put you here for? Beyond like, you're not just a blind child, right? Like some people right. just stop it, like, oh, they have a disability. Like, no, she's actually extremely talented, <laughs> um, and she can hear. Uh, she has perfect pitch. She can hear melodies like nobody's business and wow. harmonies and helped her to create a career doing this. And so again, that's the, I mean, that's the type of woman that I want to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you have someone like that in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The world is full of such women. I think mm-hmm. they are often are just mm-hmm. kind of quietly going about their business and they don't get, you know, into the limelight enough for us to, you know, we have to look for them to really look. What are, um, at this season of your life, what are the non-negotiables for you in terms of fostering a sense of aliveness and well-being? Mm. Well, I actually just, um, decided April 15th that I'm going to move off. I'm actually, I was working on staff at a nonprofit as their creative director and I'm moving off staff and I've asked them to basically hire my company instead <laughs> to uh-huh. same scope of work. Um, but it will be now building my own company and they'll be hiring my company, not just me. Um, the non-negotiable there is I, I'm in a place in my life where because I've become way more in tune with my body and what I've been through and how things need to move and how long it takes for things to move and the things that I need to live healthy and in harmony, I literally have to create my own rhythms that really just at this time in my life um, will only be best suited if I get to actually create my own schedule and create my own team and create my own vision and mission and things that I need to, you know, things that I want to carry forward. And so this is a big um, shift for me. This doesn't mean like, okay, I get to sleep till noon and like I get to travel around the world and like maybe work only a couple hours a day. Like, no, I will be working, but Mm -hmm. it's how I work and what I want to work on that I need to have agency over in this time of my life. And it is creating a non-traditional schedule that normally wouldn't fit probably um, if you are tied to a job where somebody else is making your schedule. Some of it doesn't work for me right now. It just doesn't. And so- I'm excited to create 
what works for Sheree now that I actually know who a little more about who Sheree is and what Sheree needs to be optimal. Yeah. Amen to that. Mm -hmm. to, to starting to, to really give that weight in our minds. What, mm -hmm. what actually, you know, there's not just one way to do this thing. There this is a thing called life. And, and I also appreciate that you spoke of it in terms of at this time, like there may have been a, there was a time in my life that I did find showing up as a temp in an office in a cubicle for eight hours that, that worked for me for a while. And right now it doesn't. And, um, <clears throat> I think sometimes we people in general fail to recognize that things can come to a natural close. You know, we can choose to bring things to a close, not, ne not necessarily a natural close, but we can pay attention and say, mm. I don't have to say that was a bad way to live in order to say there's another way that I'm being led into. Mm -hmm. And that scheduling can be a big part of um, your well-being. The, that can have a major impact, just the hours that you work, when and where and with whom. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, Maya Angelou, she had like three different careers or maybe, probably more than that Four. she was an activist. She was a teacher and an author throughout her life. Those are like the main things that they say that she was, but she always lived her life very seasonally. So like she knew what she was supposed to be doing in each season of her life. And if she didn't, she was seeking out what she should be doing. <laughs> and um, she actually thrived in all three of those spaces. And they all, they all looked very differently. Some of them had her living in the US, some of her, some of them had her living in Africa. I mean, she lived all over the place, but you know, she was a prolific poet. I think what helped her to become who she is because she embraced each season that she was in, learned from it, let it teach her and give her what it was supposed to give her. And from that perspective, then she wrote out of that and took people on a journey that was beautiful her whole life. And so you don't, you're not just one thing your whole life. Like that's totally, yes. against, like, right? Like we evolve, like that is a real thing. We have fundamental shifts every seven years, even in who we are. And a lot of people don't know about this. And so that's why they keep going through these huge bumps throughout their life because they're not preparing for that next shift in themselves and in their family and in their partners. And so it hits them like a brick, uh, a brick wall. So I think it's just important to know that you will evolve, that we actually have shifts and um, to prepare for those and always be observing like what's happening to you as you're growing and where is that leading you so you can be not necessarily ahead of it, but definitely in, in step with. Mm, that is so good. That's so good. Let's close with having you answer my favorite question of all to ask everybody, which is tell us what you love about being you in this life, in this world. <laughs> what do I love about being Cherie in this mm -hmm. life? Um, <clears throat> I'll definitely say I love being um, a, a black multicultural woman. So I've coined that recently. I used mm. to say I'm mixed, which is just kind of like saying I'm a mutt, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to say I'm black and white because I wanted to give equal uh, respect to my mom and my dad's side. But the reality of it is that in 2022, when people see Sheree, they say a black woman because of colorism and, and because how people perceive uh, um, different shades of black, right? Like mm. you can be mixed, but regardless, 
historically, if you had any black in you, you were black. And then what ended up happening was a bunch of oppression out of that. So I understand how the world sees me. So I'm a black multicultural woman. Multicultural comes from, I actually am multicultural. I understand so many spaces. I understand white spaces. I understand black spaces. I understand Hispanic spaces. I understand seven different cities that I've lived in, Detroit, Denver, Chicago, New York, uh, Columbus, uh, uh, LA, I feel like at Minneapolis. So I've lived and breathed in these cities and have experienced so many different urban spaces and cultures and art and um, life in all of these spaces. So I just really understand our country. I understand historically um, some of the tensions that we have um, racially. I actually embody some of those tensions because of what I am mixed with. And um, so this helps me, again, when we talk about harmony, right? Like returning to a, a place of harmony with God, with ourselves, with each other. Like I've actually had to do that work internally. And I feel like because I hold a lot of different culture inside of me and I hold multiple um, racial backgrounds within me, I've had to actually do this work in a way that not a lot of people get the privilege of doing, right? Like in the sense of like, you're only one or the other and, and you know, either black or white, right. whatever. Or like, if you see the world that way, which a lot of people do, but I, I have had the honor, I'm gonna take away the word privilege. I've had the honor to um, to sit with all the different aspects and diverse aspects of who I am, even how I'm made, like I'm a thinker, but I'm also a creative. Mm -hmm. I'm fun, but I can also be very serious when it comes time to be serious and, and to come up with strategy and to really think through things. So like, I think people don't even know sometimes even how to take me because they're like, oh, we thought that was Sheree, the fun girl who just jumps up on stage and sings. I'm like, right. yeah, but I will come off the stage and I will go ahead and educate you <laughs> on diversity, equity, inclusion, and how what you just did to this community was yes. colonizing and wrong. And here's how we need to fix it. And here's who you need to put the space and here's into the space and here's um, who you need to give agency, whatever. People, you know, there's a, whoa, what's happening? But that's really just who I am. And I think God's put all those things in me and has me working on how to have all those pieces work in harmony again so that I can lead better in the world that we're in and I know that this world needs my leadership and needs my perspective and needs me to create things that help to shift the narrative and people's lives who have not yet um, had the honor to see the world the way that it really should be and in and, and the way that it was created really from the beginning well I have nothing to add to that <laughs> I just want to say I love all of that I love who you are and all your complexities, <laughs> nuance and what you bring to the world and what you bring to my life. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Krista. I love you, girl. I love you. And to our listeners, thank you for showing up and for being curious about the different ways people find vitality and healing in the world. If you enjoyed this episode, follow, subscribe, share, and leave a positive review. It would mean a lot to me and also help more people find these conversations. And I'll meet you back here soon for another episode of Ways of Life.